This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious lolly Focus Pops or lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey, everyone. My kids just went back to school. One is starting middle school. <laughs> and one is starting high school. <laughs> I mean, the time just blam, blam, blam. But it got me thinking because I've been talking over the last couple of years about this book, The Coddling of the American Mind by George Lukianov and Jonathan Haidt. It's an amazing book because it kind of really puts into context and summarizes all the research and everything behind the crisis we're in now, not just with our kids, but with society in general. And so what I wanted to talk about today, because I was thinking about my kids and how are they gonna get through all this? That was challenging for us, you know, in our generation, it was a real challenge, middle school, high school, this was hard, especially, you know, I found it really challenging. Um, you know, I was the kid that was always kind of a little bit off, I still am, and, and, and then I'm thinking, well, okay, so, so times have changed, we have social media, we have all this other stuff, but in the coddling of the American mind, Lukianov and Haidt point out this paradigm of the three great untruths that we're kind of instilling, not just in our children, but in culture as a whole, that are leading us down a path that is anti-wise. It is against, it's not just, not just anti-wise, it actually could lead to the destruction of everything. And as we talk about it, you'll see why and what we might do about it. And the first step is just recognizing what these are and seeing them in ourselves and in our kids and in how we're talking to kids, how universities are talking to kids. And what, what can we do to actually improve everybody's well-being? Our kids now are more anxious, they're depressed, they're attempting suicide more. We've talked about this again and again, especially young girls. The, the Social media has made everything worse. There's fear of missing out, there's tribalism, there's the inability to avoid bullying because you can be bullied at any time, any hour, any place through social media. So, but all of that is kind of an epiphenomenon of these three great untruths. And the first untruth is the following. That which does not kill you makes you weaker. Wait, I thought the opposite. I thought that which does not kill you makes you stronger. No, you're wrong. Anything that harms you, anything that makes you feel bad, anything that challenges your current beliefs, anything that stresses you out is going to weaken you. That's this great untruth. Why is it an untruth? Because it goes against all ancient wisdom. It goes against modern neuroscience and behavioral science, and it goes actually against common sense. Because when you think about humans, how they are not fragile creatures, especially kids. And they're not even resilient. It's like you push them and they bounce back. They're anti-fragile especially kids, what, what does that mean? It means that when you stress a kid, when you challenge them, when they get a skinned knee, when they go exercise and they break down muscle, they come back stronger, more capable, more able to deal with stress. Overall growth 
comes from this idea of hormesis, the idea that it's challenging and painful and you actually get stronger as a result. And lifting weights is like that, right? Or going through childhood, like going out on the playground, falling, skinning your elbow. That's a kind of stress, but you learn from it. Next time you're stronger, you have better balance, you have better perspective, you know what the risks and benefit are of certain things. When you go out and you play around with other kids in an unstructured way, they may hurt your feelings. They may bully you a little. You may bully them. And from that, actually growth can occur within parameters, right? It can get to a point where it causes an adverse childhood experience and then it's too far. That can happen and it does happen and it's a big deal. But you don't throw out the baby with the bathwater. That little bit of stress, especially the stress of having your feelings challenged or hurt or your beliefs challenged or your identity challenged. It's like, ooh, well, so what have we done now? We've taken away that stress. If your feelings are hurt, it means you're actually hurt. So we've defined trauma downward that even difficult situations are traumatic, right? It, 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 it's become a kind of a culture of safetyism where we just feel like we have to protect these children. That's why the book was called The Coddling of the American Mind. We've kind of, with good intention, tried to wrap a protective bubble around these kids, right? Like, ah, oh, you know what? Just in case there's someone here who's somewhat neurodivergent, we wanna change everything so that they're not in any way stressed or traumatized by something someone might say with good intention. And I'll tell you what, that seems noble but it is not how the actual world works. It's not how humans actually grow and respond. And what it's doing is it's creating a fragility mindset in kids. It means that kids now feel like, well, if I'm actually stressed, I'm actually getting hurt. That which does not kill me actually harms me. And so I need to be protected from bad words, which means, guess what? That guy who I disagree with is actually harming me physically by saying words to me, whereas, those of us over 30 kind of generally know that in the absence of being able to talk with differing opinions using words, using our words, the only other option is either ignore them or physical violence. So words are crucially important and words that challenge us are crucially important. Instead, what we've done is that which does not kill you makes you weaker means now we have safe spaces, we have trigger warnings, we have all this stuff that are, that are done in good intent to prevent trauma but we've defined trauma here. Whereas it used to be trauma was sexual abuse, physical assault, abandonment, terrible, terrible, terrible things. Now it's like, well, someone said something that kind of upset me because you know, my belief is I define myself this way and they challenge that belief. It's like, come on, dude. That is, that's the great untruth of fragility. And so what does social media do? It actually kind of really codifies this because you can actually live in a bubble on social media where nobody challenges you because you have a group think already where you know, you're not gonna be hurt because no one's gonna challenge you. I mean, how many of us have been in those bubbles? It, it, and the AI of social media knows how to trigger, to create those bubbles because it knows it's gonna keep your attention because it knows you like that. Now you're conditioned to avoid any kind of stressor like that. It's very, very harmful. Now, apply it to COVID. People are saying there's these studies now that are poorly done that are saying, oh, anytime you get a COVID infection, it weakens you. It makes you more fragile. It actually damages you. You may get long COVID. Instead of the fact that, well, wow, we get seasonal infections all the time. 
and our immune system is actually anti-fragile. It actually learns from each thing. It gets a little bit more robust. It, it manages what are threats and what are not threats. And if we go in the wrong direction, we get allergies and autoimmunity. And if we go in the uh, over uh, uh, weakened direction, we get disease and sickness. Turns out the immune system generally is pretty good at working this out because it's an anti-fragile system. But instead we've even said even COVID, like put on three masks as a kid, get three boosters, whatever it is, we keep creeping out the safety because of this great untruth that that which does not kill you makes you weaker. What if a kid gets COVID? Most of the time they're gonna do fine. Some of them will get sick. So you do have to look at a big picture and there is gray area, but we have been painting it as black and white. No, you cannot get this disease. Period, which means we're gonna sacrifice your ability to learn. We're gonna put a mask on you. We're gonna close schools. We're gonna um, compel you to get these vaccinations, even though they're gonna make you, they might make you feel like shit for a couple of days. In rare, rare cases, you may get myocarditis, but you know what? Safety. So this is a big problem, this first great untruth. That which does not kill you makes you weaker. Now, the second great untruth is actually feeds right into this. And that is that, <laughs> Always trust your feelings. Ah, yeah. Intuitively, that feels right. Like we're humans, are emotional, intuitive creatures. We're largely emotional, reasoning creatures with a little logic thrown on top. Jonathan Hyde himself have said this. We're mostly elephant, sort of emotional reasoning and writer on top of the elephant who's supposed to be logic, but really is kind of a slave to the elephant. So why wouldn't we trust our emotions? Seems right. If I feel some way about something, it's probably true. Is that really true? Just because we're kind of hardwired for emotion doesn't mean our emotions reflect the truth of the world. They can give us insight and emotions arise. Emotions should not be repressed. Emotions should be felt purely. Whatever you feel heals, whatever you resist persists. Instead, we're sort of conditioned to avoid emotion, to repress emotion, to tell stories about emotion, and to somehow project emotion as reality in the world. This is a fundamental distortion. Because what if the emotion is a feeling of worthlessness? Oh, I trust my feelings. My feelings must be accurate. I'm worthless. Even though external logic is telling me that's not true because I'm paid to do a job that people tell me provides benefit to them. There are a lot of doctors who feel worthless. All the external validation is there from a logical standpoint, well, you're paid to do a job, you're helping people, they're thanking you, this and that, all the stuff, but I feel worthless, therefore I am worthless, therefore I'm gonna look in the environment for confirmation of my worthlessness and then have a negativity bias where I'm pulling out worthlessness. And that's emotional reasoning. And it's absolutely the source of so much suffering. Now, look at, look at how it applies to... Um, so the world now. So you have this negative feedback loop. I feel bad, therefore something is bad, therefore I am bad, therefore depression. That's cognitive distortion. Now your emotions are affecting your thinking and distorting it over generalization, negativity bias, black and white thinking. All the kind of cognitive distortions you talk about in cognitive behavioral therapy are now manifesting because of emotional reasoning, which is another distortion. So I feel this way about a person, therefore they must be bad. Or Oh, this person said something offhand that offended me. It's a microaggression. They said something racially insensitive to me. And I'm gonna assume because I felt bad that they are now intending it that way, that they are bad. And that that was an actual trauma that was intended. We're implying intent. This may have just been somebody who just doesn't know 
or they said something offhand, they don't, they weren't thinking about it, there was no intent, but you, because you feel that it was intended, it was intended. Now, how's that gonna affect your relationship? And since the first grade untruth is still in play, that which does not kill me makes me weaker, now that person harmed me, therefore I need to go to an authority figure and actually prevent them from speaking. That's where you get deplatforming. That's where you get cancel culture. That's where you get call out culture. All of that emerges from this great untruth. The two first great untruths already are causing so much havoc in the world. And you can't critically think when you're emotionally reasoning all the time. Now when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. What's the third great untruth? This is my favorite because this is the heart of what could kill us all as a species. And this great untruth is the following. The world is a struggle between good people and evil people. Oh, this one feels right, doesn't it? Feels right. Well, of course, there's good people who do the right thing, America. And there's bad people that do terrible things, Russia. Or there's good people like liberals. And there's bad people, conservatives, or the other way around, or... You fill in the blank with tribal affiliation A and everybody else who's bad. And it feels right. Why? Because humans are hardwired to compete on in-group, out-group sensibility. We're tribal creatures. And the way we, we're, we're born with a degree of moral reasoning, according to Jonathan Haidt, we have a moral set of taste buds and we see the world through that lens. Good, you know, care versus harm, fairness versus cheating, authority versus subversion, liberty versus oppression, sanctity versus degradation, these moral palettes. And how we see the world then determines how we feel that we're good. And if we see people behaving in a way that violates that, they're bad. Well, is this really true? What if everybody had a set of moral taste buds and they're all seeing the world through those lenses and trying to be good? And because we can't understand we're in our own moral matrix and we can't see the other moral matrix clearly because we're in this group think, uh, we think they're evil. Well, what does social media do? It weaponizes that. The People would talk about AI and like, oh, AI is gonna kill us. It's gonna be robots from the future. No, it's here now. The AI that's gonna kill us potentially is the AI that reifies, that makes real this idea that the world is divided into good and bad people. How does it do that? The AI is programmed to say, hey, get as many eyeballs as long as you can on Facebook. Whatever it takes to do that, AI, you learn from people's behavior and what they want and you make that happen so that they're in there all the time, clicking likes and dislikes and shares and angry emojis and all that. What does the AI learn? It learns that humans are tribal creatures, that they are very want to believe that the world is divided into good and bad people. And then they're fed a diet of what they wanna hear and a, just enough of a diet of outrage from the other side that they think they know is evil. 
And now they're just on social media angry. And then they go into the real world. They step outside of the bubble and this spills into the real world. And then you have all the crazy crap that you see. People losing their shit on planes, January 6th, all the sides of that, everything going on. Two Americas, right? There's probably more like 200 Americas because each of these is a little silo. The world is divided into good and bad people. Well, if you believe that good and evil, well, what's to stop you from engaging in call-out culture? I am calling that person out because they are an evil person because they said something that hurt my feelings, my feelings I trust, that hurt me because of the first great untruth of fragility. And now you see this dynamic interplay between the three great untruths that create a call-out culture, a deplatforming on college campuses, a group think, and it all feels perfectly natural. And we don't even see it's happening until we're launching nukes at each other and we're all gone. And even then we won't see it. Do you see? <laughs> it really, it, it, it requires us to be mindful. It requires us to be centered. What's the difference between the great untruth of there are good and bad people and the great truth of everybody's mostly trying to be good. They just have different perceptions of what that is through their own moral palette. Well, that's the difference between common enemy politics. Common enemy says, hey, we're the good guys. Those guys are the enemies. Let's go get them. Social media weaponizes that, right? Versus what did Martin Luther King do? Hmm. Common identity, common humanity politics, where it's more a, hey guys, we're all humans here. We're all trying to be good. Would you do this to a fellow human that's like you? You wouldn't. In, In widening the circles of compassion, being mindful to what our own mind is doing, watching our cognitive distortions, feeling our emotions as pure energy instead of something to be acted on or something to be repressed or something to tell a story about. Seeing a fellow human as a fellow human who's trying their best to be good and expanding our compassion. So how do you dissolve the great untruths? Because this is dangerous, what we're in. Our kids are more anxious, more depressed, all the things I talked about. We're more divided than ever. We can't, democracy is in danger. We have existential threat from things like AI that use this against us. And then we have nation state threat like nuclear war because we're siloed off into groupthink and call out culture and cancel culture and speech suppression and you know slave, slave, being slaves to orthodoxy. So what do we do? Wake up, wake up. That which does not kill you makes you stronger. We are anti-fragile creatures. Let's act like it. Stress is okay within parameters. We need to learn to handle it. We need to teach our kids. Our kids need to teach themselves. We need to let them play. We need to structure them less. We need to helicopter them less. We need to take them off the social media when they're young and their brains are forming. We need to teach them about emotion. What is that? Teach them to be mindful and to introspect. And then we need to do it ourselves. We need to understand that there is an ability to be response-able. We can feel emotion and then we can take a space. We can be mindful as the awareness that that emotion is rising in and then act in a responsible way. Grow our rider instead of being pure elephant. And then realizing that the world is actually just people, not good and evil. There are better ideas and worse ideas. So debate for common growth instead of debating to win. Break down the silos, fix our social media problem, 
and maybe we get through what scientists call the great filter. Why don't we see a lot of aliens everywhere? Even though the universe is billions of years old and the James Webb shows us trillions and billions and billions of billions of galaxies, that's a thing. Why don't we see aliens? Hmm. It could be because they all filtered themselves out when they got to this part and they destroyed themselves because they couldn't see. So let's not go out like suckers. Guys, I love you. Uh, I hope you got something out of this. Get the book, read the book, Coddling of the American Mind by Haidt and Lukianoff. Um, if you like what we do, join our supporter tribe, zdogmd.com forward slash supporters, or you can support our show with a one-time donation at paypal.me forward slash zdogmd. Leave a comment and I will respond directly to it if you do that. Um, and share this video. And let's remember these three, three great untruths. Half the battle is recognizing the problem and then waking up. We gotta wake up. All right, guys, I love you. We are out. Hey, it's Dr. Z. Thanks for getting through the whole episode. That's a huge accomplishment. <laughs> and so at this point, I just got to ask you for a few favors because it just helps us so much if you leave a review on your favorite podcast platform and subscribe. It, it just really helps the algorithm to get this message out to others. The second thing is email me, hello at zdogmd.com. I get all these emails personally. I can't respond to them all, but I need to hear your voice because especially on podcast, we don't have a comment section. And I want to hear how this episode affected you, what you'd like to hear in the future, what you think we got wrong, what we think we got right, anything, anything, or just say hi. So that's really powerful. And the third thing is financially, it helps us a lot to support the show in any way you can. And if you go to zdogmd.com forward slash supporters, you can join our supporter tribe on your favorite platform, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, wherever. What that will get you on those platforms is live shows with me that are exclusive for supporters and access to our Zoom meetings where we talk about awakening realization and we share with each other our own experience. It's a powerful group effect. It's a community, really. And we support and love each other and share, again, through our own experience, how we're waking up. So, and that that ripples out into systems, into transforming healthcare and education and government. So it st really starts with us. So join us there if you can. Again, zdogmd.com forward slash supporters. And I'm so grateful to have you with us.